Hi, friend. You are listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, a podcast created especially for someone who's not sure about relationship with Jesus Christ. My name is Janelle Wood, and while I have a background in counseling and ministry with women, the truth is I've been through my own seasons of questioning my faith. So if you've ever struggled with not being sure where you belong, or you felt like you were faking faith, or maybe a friend just shared this episode with you and you are feeling a little wounded or skeptical of all things God-related right now, welcome. This podcast is just for you. Finding Something Real is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. My passion is Jesus Christ, and for me now, After having been through some real ups and downs on my own faith journey, I believe Christ is the hope and the answer to this world more than ever. But don't take my word for it. Listen to my friends as they share their own grace-filled journeys with you. My prayer is that if you haven't already, you'll find something real too. Well, welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast. This is your host, Janelle Wood. And this is the final episode of 2021. Next month in January, just like last year, we're going to be replaying some of our favorite episodes while we prep behind the scenes for season five. And we'll have some new content to go along with those favorite replays. And we're also super excited about the trajectory of season five. So many good things to share in the coming weeks. So I'm excited for what's happening in January, but I'm also very excited about what's coming in uh, February, Lord willing. And as a reminder, if you help support this podcast via Patreon, uh, thank you if you do, um, there will be a bonus episode this month. And this month's Patreon episode will be me answering some commonly asked questions I get about this podcast and its format. So you'll get that episode on New Year's Eve if you're on Patreon. And if not, friend, it's really easy to join. Just go over to my website, findingsomethingreal.com, and click support at the top of the page to learn more. So much to be thankful for this season. They say it's the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, But if you boil it all down, what makes it wonderful? It's the people you get to celebrate with and spend time with, encouraging each other and reminding each other of good things, right? And today's today's special episode for me um, is not just special because it's the final one of 2021, but also because I get to celebrate with two people whom I love very much. Co-hosting with me today is one of my favorites. She's currently studying archaeology in one of the most beautiful historic cities in the world. She's been helping with the Catholic Church kids on a regular basis and is agnostic in her own beliefs, but extremely respectful, uh, kind, and open to the beliefs of others. We've had some great conversations about that in the past. I talk with her most every week, and she's always a bright spot in my day. I consider her my family. Please welcome back Lucrezia from Italy. Lou, welcome back. Thank you for having me back once again. <laughs> um, and for the very flattering introduction. Oh, well, I mean, Lou, tell the listener, whoever's listening to this, where are you currently? What are, what are you doing right now? Okay. Um, in, okay, so I'm living in Venice. Um, Italy. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm living in Venice. I'm studying archaeology at college, as you said. It's my first year, um, and I'm really, I'm really happy with 
where I am in life at the moment. So, yeah. Yeah. And right before we pressed record, you were telling our guest today and myself a little bit of fun trivia about where you're sitting right this moment. Oh, yeah. Okay. So uh, we don't really have dorms in Italy like you do in the U.S., but I live in something similar. It's just not managed by the school. And my mom actually studied one year in Venice um, 30 years ago, and she lived in this building. Like, we knew that um, when we when we found it for me. But um, then randomly, they assigned me the same room that she had, and I randomly chose what turned out to be the same bed that she had 30 years ago. <laughs> randomly, um, randomly, randomly, randomly. <laughs> like, it wasn't planned. Like, I knew she lived here, but I knew nothing more. That's yeah, amazing. So. so you are currently sitting on the exact bed that she sat on 30 years, 30 ago. years ago. Yeah. Did she study archaeology as well? Or? No, no, she studied fine arts. So. Okay. Wow. Yeah. But it, everything else is the same. <laughs> yeah. Now, what is Venice like at Christmas time? What is it like um, during the holidays? It's cold. It's really windy, but it's beautiful as it always is. Um, I personally love the city. Um, but it's really nice. They uh, put up the Christmas tree in San Marco. You know, the I think it's probably one of the most famous spots in Venice. And um, they are supposed to turn the lights on one of these days, I think this weekend. So I'll definitely have to go. And, you know, the city's full of lights. Um, like all the bridges, Rialto, everything is beautiful. It's beautiful. It really feels, you know, Christmas is coming and I love it. <laughs> yeah, because we're recording this at the beginning of December. What's your favorite spot in the city? My favorite spot? Okay, so I love San, Mar San Marco at night um, because, you know, there are all the lights. It's really, it feels like a movie. But um, one of my favorite views, um, I know it's probably kind of dumb, but I, I take this shortcut to go to the supermarket. It's like a shortcut so that you don't encounter uh, tourists. So you can <laughs> get there faster. And there's just this small bridge. And there's a beautiful view from there. And it, it's kind of funny because like, it's not even one of the most important spots. It's literally like a back road. <laughs> but it's it's one of my favorite. Yeah, it's like... It's nice. Mm, I love that. I, well, I'm so excited for you. And I know when we recorded your episodes back in March, you were still in high school and this was all a big dream. So it's super exciting to see you like getting to live it out. It's super fun to talk to you every week and hear about how school's going and your friends that you live with and the water yeah. taxi that you get to take to school. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, fun to watch from afar because what, am I like 5,000 miles away? I don't even know. Like maybe further. I don't know, but it's far. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm really glad that you're here, Lou. Um, and we have a special guest joining us today. Um, and she's been on this podcast before. Actually, she was one of my very first guests on this podcast when I launched two years ago. We talked about the heart of worship 
I enjoyed having her on and wanted her back on earlier than this, but it just never, we never got around to it. Um, but she's one of my favorite people as well. And she also knows Lou. So welcome back to the podcast, my friend, Katie Dommel. Welcome back, Katie. Thank you. Glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> now, Katie, I didn't give you a big intro. So tell people a little bit about you. Um, well, I recently moved across the country, so I live in Georgia. Um, I homeschool. I run a business. I'm a wedding filmmaker. And um, honestly, that's about it <laughs> right now. So, yeah. And a very accomplished musician and writer as well. Thank you. Mm, um, thank you. You're one of my favorite writers. I think that you need to, uh, as your friend, I'm just like, come on, write, write some art, girl. Um but also an amazing musician. We talked about some of that in the last podcast, which will be linked to the show notes. Both of their, all of your episodes, uh, Lou and, and Katie will be linked in the show notes. But um, so what's interesting to me about both of you and partly why I thought, oh, this would be a really fun conversation is you both are on new adventures. Uh, Katie, you just moved. I'm, I'm, you know, still grieving it, but you lived here where I live for two and a half, three years, almost, almost three years. Um, and then, uh, you know, your husband got a job across the country. You guys decided to move and big, big transition. You have three kids. Um, and then Lou, you're going through a lot of transition as well. So I think we can learn a lot about life when we go through a major transition. And I'm just wondering, same question for both of you. I'll start with you, Katie. Like, what are some life lessons that you're taking from this season of major upheaval? Um, I think, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is just taking each day at a time, you know? Um, sometimes things change really fast and you don't know when something that's important to you is going to end. And sometimes you do. Um Either way, it's just so important to relish each day. And I think that's really hard to do in the culture that we have. You know, we're, we're a culture of habit and addiction. And it's really easy to forget that, like, each day is a gift. So no matter what, you know, even if you're in a place where you don't want to be, to look for the, the ways that, you know, you have hope and the ways that you are... Um, grateful you know mm -hmm. every day yeah how about you Lou um I think what I wanted to say kind of it's, it's kind of similar to what Katie said I mean um one thing that I'm trying to do and one thing that I saw like I just caught myself doing um over over the last few months um, is truly trying to appreciate the small things. Like, even if I'm had a, having a bad day, even, you know, because sometimes you just have those days, but I, you know, just I look out the window and, like, I remind myself of, like, where I'm now and the fact that for months this was kind of a dream, you know, something that didn't seem near or possible. Um, and it just... It, and it's easy to forget that at some point when while you're living now things so far away and you know 
at some point in my life or some point in everybody's life you feel like maybe you're maybe i was being dramatic but like you know it just happens that you feel like okay this is not gonna get better like, this is the most i can get like i don't know what's gonna happen next but and now i look back and I'm like oh <laughs> well it, it did get better <laughs> um it, it really did uh and i truly feel like a new person um and i and i'm really trying to appreciate the small things um, having having people to chat with even if it's just five minutes when i'm feeling lonely mm-hmm. because i live with a lot of people now like 50 people now. <laughs> um or you know being a little sad uh, moody and i just go and take a walk and hey i i love where I, where i'm in um so yeah definitely um that's definitely something i'm learning and i'm trying to do more and more in my daily life mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think that intentional perspective that both of you touched on is so critical but like you were saying katie like we live in a culture where that's not the norm you know we're not it's like we're being programmed to do the opposite like just go 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 and don't think and i was just listening to a podcast yesterday uh with john mark comer and um it's uh, a podcast that he did like a, a, a six episode series on his new book uh live no lies have you read it yet it's i have it good. really but i'm good. reading i haven't read it yet okay Anyway, he was interviewing this guy. I can't remember his name. He's an Australian currently living. He's a pastor in New York. Um, I, I start. I want to start reading his stuff. Um, but they were talking about like living intentionally and how important that is and how and the whole book and, and the podcast episodes are about our culture pulling us one way. And this they called it the beautiful resistance of living a different way. And um, it was just fascinating listening to these two pastors talk about this in a very uh, intellectual but relatable. It's a really interesting. If you've never listened to John Mark Comer, he's a very interesting person because he's able to take these high concepts and t- uh, share them and articulate them in a way that, oh, I actually like can receive that. Sometimes when people talk way up here, I can't receive it. But actually... Uh, he has a gifting with communication that way. So I really appreciate listening to that. And then what was interesting is at one point, I couldn't get my podcast to play. So I was pulling up something and it pulled up this, um, like, I don't know, you know how YouTube just gives you a bunch of suggestions. It said, amazing uh, husband shares amazing things about his wife, 15 minute video um, at her funeral. I was like, well, this is interesting. So I played it. And that guy, they were Christians, but one of the things he said was, again, that intentional living, like she lived every day, like it actually mattered. And then she would run to the door and she would say, you know, like, hi. And I'm thinking, man, that's so hard to do. I mean, even yesterday after I'd watched all that, listened to all that, I sat on the couch when my husband got home and did not run to the door and say like, hi. So what do you think besides the fact that both of you are in this season of like everything's new, how do you maintain that perspective of what really matters and appreciating the small things? I think you, when your life changes and you're in a new chapter 
and you're very aware of it, that it really gives you an excitement because even if it's not what you expected or wanted, you realize that you have this opportunity because where you were before in the previous chapter of your life, you had kind of a way of doing things, the routine um, habits that you may or may not like. And when you, when things change, you have this opportunity to change those things and start doing things differently. You know, um, you feel like, okay, this is it. This is my chance to like, I've been wanting to do this for a while. You know, I've wanted to write down what I'm grateful for. And for me, like make my kid, make my kids (laughs) do it every day because I know the value in that, but I haven't done it. You know, so, so then I get to this new season and I'm like, okay, this is it. This is my opportunity. You know, we're Mm -hmm. able to homeschool differently now and um, have a different schedule and and we have space in our life right now. So let's, let's make this a habit, you know, or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. That's just um, one thing that came to mind. Yeah, that's good. Have you read Atomic Habits yet by James Clear? Mm -mm, I've never heard of it. Oh man. Okay, whoever's listening, maybe I'm just going to like list off all my favorite <laughs> books of 2021. No, it's an amazing book. And actually, um, it was on the New York Times bestseller list for a long time. Um, he talks a lot about like our situation and how much that influences how we do life. And we have to prime our um, environment so often to create the results that we want or to even like just have the little habits that we want that create life change really fascinating you can also like check him out on a bunch of different podcasts and he's very interesting to listen to anyway side note how about you Lou (laughs) um something that okay so I really like the sense of novelty you know the adrenaline that you get when you start something new um but at the same time as you know uh, I feel like I, I need a plan um, if I don't have a plan, I, I get anxious and I get, you know, I would start overthinking everything. Um, so something that I feel like I'm really enjoying and keeps that sense of novelty going is I'm trying to find a new routine. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, if something and if something doesn't work, I just change it. It's like I have a routine, I have a plan, but I can change it up anytime. As soon as it gets boring, as soon as it doesn't fit anymore with, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm getting too comfortable, you know, I can change it up and still have a plan, but, you know, still experiencing something new. And it can be, honestly, I, I don't feel like it's really big things. It's just maybe um, this, the, the street that I take to go to school or maybe the, the music that I listen to or the podcast that I'm listening to or you know, um, I don't know, switching more things up just a little bit um, to, and I feel like that keeps, that keeps me kind of going because it, it, it always feels like today is different from yesterday, but at the same time, I have, you know, you know, I'm not just doing stuff. Mm-hmm. without a plan but still i don't i i always have something new to look to look forward to yeah yeah it's that intention uh yeah peace so i want to like pull back a little bit and ask you both like 
on a larger scale, 2021, what's a life lesson, something that you're taking away from the past 12 months? I'm going to have to think about this for a second. I, I'll start with something that's been on my heart lately. It's like, um, we're, we're so much more alike than we are different. And yet, uh, we, we, I was watching, um, not watching, I was reading one of the news articles yesterday. It was on ABC news and it was about Alec Baldwin. Um, and the headline was somebody's responsible, but I know it's not me. And it was like direct quote. And, um, and I may be misquoting a little bit, but that's basically what he said. And I thought, cause you know, he, apparently he didn't pull a trigger, but he pointed a gun and it was an, it was obviously an accident. Um, but I just thought that's the theme for 2021. Like somebody's responsible, but I know it's not me. And we keep pointing fingers at everybody else. And really, if we could just examine our own heart, I, we were watching, um, I'm going to keep on naming things that I like. Um, we were watching Free Burma Rangers, which is an amazing movie. Uh, Lika and I and uh, Leone, Lika from the, uh, the Netherlands and Leone living here with us from Germany. And there's a line in there where the main character, uh, it's a documentary. He says, most of us think of evil out there as like bad and good, but actually the line of evil runs in my own heart. And um, oh man, it was just compelling. And I think so much of what we see right now going on in culture, and Lou, you're obviously in a very different culture, but still in the global culture is this pace of, Somebody else is responsible. It's not me, so I'm going to point the finger. And it's not getting us really in the best place. So I think something I'm learning slowly is I do that too. And I want to start looking at myself before I point the finger at other people. I think that from my answer kind of could be, you know, connected to what you just said as you know um i've been seeing a, a therapist this year for a bit um and um something that she told me and i keep thinking about it is that i'm like i'm an active person in my own life i'm not like a spectator that just gets to see what's happening and like things don't happen to me it's like, I have a saying in what's happening, you know? It's not just things happening in my life and me seeing the, you know, the consequences. It's me acting. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, <laughs> I don't know, maybe, maybe it's something that it's obvious, but I don't know. Um, I mean, she she told me a thing, but I, I honestly don't know how to translate it perfectly from Italian. Um, but that really, that really gave me a new perspective. I, I mean, she told me that this summer, um, so before I started college, and I was really nervous because you know it's it's a, a big change. I didn't know anybody. I, I'm the only person from my high school group that moved here and all of that so um but that 
and I, and I, I really fell into this state of mind, like, okay, you know what? I'll just see what happens. I don't know. Like, how are you feeling? I, I don't know. I don't know. She used to ask me like, okay, so what's going to happen? I was like, mm, I guess I'll, I'll just see. Uh, I don't know. And she was like, yeah, you'll see, but because you'll do something. Like, what are, what's your role in what's going to happen? And I feel like that's been something that I keep telling myself now mm. when I'm, you know, making choices or meeting new people. It's like, this is not just happening to me. Like, I'm active in the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's probably yeah. one of the most important things that I... I think that's a really important learned. lesson that a lot of people don't learn. That's where, like, people eventually they develop a victim mentality where they feel like everything's just happening to them because they don't understand how much of a part they play, you know, and how active they are in what happens to them or even how they can change things, you know, just by making different choices or even changing their pattern of thinking. So that's really awesome for you to have that like revelation, you know, so young, it really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's that gratitude piece of going, okay, you know, in life, things will happen to me that are unfair that maybe I didn't get to choose. Right. We all live in the fallen world where other people's actions can have a tremendous impact on us for good or for bad. Um, but then we also have a choice about how we respond to that, you know, and going, okay. And I, I love one of my favorite verses in the Bible it's Philippians 4, 6, and 7, where it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. So it's that humble, like, Lord, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to give you my request, but I'm also going to remember what I have to be thankful for. Um, and it says, Present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I think about that often because I'm like, uh, It took me a long time to get to that thanksgiving peace, like to go, okay, I I can give you my prayer and my petition, but to thank you in the midst of what doesn't look like something. And I, I know that there's maybe somebody listening who's been through some horrific things. You're like, I can't thank God for that. And I understand um, not wanting to thank God for something bad that happened to you, but in the midst of living and having breath on this earth, there's always something that we can be thankful for. And um, when we start turning our perspective into that place of what is it in my life right now that I can be thankful for? It changes everything. And and Lou, you remember we did those wahoos, you know, uh, with our kids. (laughs) Maybe Katie knows them too. Did I ever tell you about those? No. Uh, So one of my children has a particularly uh, bent, she's amazing, but she's particularly bent towards having a moody attitude sometimes when she doesn't like how things go. Um, so we started doing this thing when she was little, um, saying, okay, if you won't change your tude, your attitude, you're going to owe us like five or 10 wahoos. And what the wahoos are is, uh, if you keep on moping and acting like a victim, um, you have to call out the things that you're thankful for in your life out loud. And then you have to say, while everyone else is in the car listening, wahoo. And it drives them nuts, but by the end of the Wahoo situation, everybody's laughing. Usually the mood has been lifted. 
um, there's something about wahoos uh, and gratitude. <laughs> so anyway, um, that's something that is a constant thing I'm, I'm learning. Um, yeah. Anyway, Katie, what were you going to share? Um, okay. So it actually is kind of similar to what you said, Lou, in a way. Um, but there's really two things that are kind of connected that came to mind. Um, one is I'm going to give an analogy. Um, so I don't know if you remember last summer, Janelle, but in Washington, it was like a hundred degrees, like every day, <laughs> like it was just really hot. And so then you're kind of waiting for September, waiting for it to get there. And, um, it really didn't change much. Um, fall came and went and I was coming back and forth for weddings. I was in Nebraska where my family is going back to Washington for weddings, uh, coming down to Georgia and Tennessee to look for houses, going back and forth all over. Um, but I really distinctly remember having this kind of light bulb moment when I went back for another wedding because I was thinking, okay, uh, I don't remember if it was one of my end of September or beginning of October, but I was thinking, okay, um, I'm really excited for this wedding because it's fall and it's going to be so beautiful. The weather's going to be beautiful. The leaves are going to be beautiful. And they were, but it was hot. And I just got mad and I was like, it feels like summer, but I know that technically it is not summer. And I started thinking about um, just living in the Midwest, growing up in the Midwest and how many times that would happen, you know, where it would be really hot into fall. And then all of a sudden it would change and it would be winter cold <laughs> way before fall ended. And just thinking, okay, like what, why is this like this? You know, <laughs> like this is, doesn't feel like fall. And, um, and I just had this light bulb moment where I thought, oh, this is like life, <laughs> you know, where I know that it's fall, but it doesn't feel like fall. And there's just been so many times in my life, especially this year, where I've just had to lean back on what I know is true because what I am experiencing and what I'm feeling are just like raging and screaming at me like a hundred degrees so hot or, or cold, freezing cold. You know, it's just like these extremes um, back and forth and just, it could tear you apart. You, you could get lost, you know, and, and you have to just lean back. Okay, I know this is a season I'm in this season. I know what's true. And, um, the second thing that kind of goes with that is that, um, I have to know what truth is, you know, and I, I can't just rely on what I, my truth is like my own personal truth. It has to be like truth with a capital T, like the seasons are a truth. Like we know when it starts, when it ends, what the calendar is going to tell us is like, that is true for us, you know, um, I could rely on what I'm seeing and feeling and experiencing, but, you know, a lot of times in that you feel like you, you just lose your way. You just lose your way completely, whether it's right away or, you know, it's a gradual thing. Um, I read a quote not too long ago. That's really stuck with me. It's super simple. It's something that I probably actually said before, but, um, it was in a John Mark Comer book and, uh, the quote is sin at its root is not trusting God. And I just started thinking about all the little things in my daily life where I, and I'm not like trying to say, Oh my gosh, I'm a, such a sinner. I, I need to like whip myself or something, you know, <laughs> like, no, it's just that it's like this 
there are so many little ways I don't trust God in my life, whether it's like disciplining my kids or um, just like the way I scroll on my phone. I'm not trusting him with my time or my attention. Um, just so many, so many ways. And um, so I have to know what truth is and know that 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 is higher. And it's like an anchor for me in those rough seas and those rough times. But I also in whether I'm having rough seas or not, I need to know who my God is so I can trust him. And so that's taking me to a place where I feel like I just have to simplify everything in my life. I need to, um, like when I wake up, I just need to say the same things every day. I just need to take a moment and say, okay, Lord, I'm turning my heart to you and I'm giving you this day, you know, things like that dramatically changes my day when I do that. And it's just such a simple thing. So little, little spiritual practices, like just being quiet and not using my phone and just letting silence come when I'm, when I have to wait for something, you know, that's okay to do. (laughs) And so, yeah, I think just, just a step forward in my walk, but that's really been quite the theme, I think, for this, this year, first part of this year, second part of this year, one kind of led into the other. Hmm. Well, that's good. It's almost like you knew what the next question was going to be. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I told no, you. I'm curious. Yeah. No, I was having a conversation recently with someone I love. Uh, and we have very different belief systems, but I never really asked her before. I said, what do you think the meaning of life is? Um, and she said, there isn't one. And, um, and it kind of broke my heart, like, uh, talking with her as we, you know, and we were in the car together. It was a long drive. Like we really got to flesh that out. But I, um, I'm just wondering if both of you would answer that question. What do you think the meaning of life is? Because I think, you know, with this podcast, I really want to create a space where it's safe for people from different backgrounds to come on, have conversations, um, at least keep that open. You know, we're going to be doing things a little different in season five, where um, people who come on and have a conversation with me in January that gets recorded, they don't necessarily have to come back and sit there with the person who's a Christian and, and hear um, everything unless they want to. Um, but I know that the Christian perspective is often very different than the culture's perspective. And so I'm just wondering with that question, because I was shocked at how different our perspectives were on that. Um, and so I, I love both of you, you, you guys love each other. So I think it's safe to ask that question of both of you. What's the meaning of life? There was a long, awkward pause uh, here, and then we dove in. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Do you want me to go yeah, first? Yeah. No, or do go you want to go? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, immediately, um, I just had this phrase go into my head, so I'm not sure if it's something I've read or what, but um, just to know and be known by God. I mean, if I felt like there really isn't a meaning or a purpose for us all being here, I don't think I would still be here. I think that I would be hopeless. Um, And I think if I was hopeless, then there would be no point in continuing on. And 
I mean, I have found, no, I, I don't feel like I've really truly started to know God, experience God, like the word no in an experiential way until like five or six, maybe seven years ago. So probably like in my late twenties, maybe early thirties. And, um, it has completely revolutionized my life in every single way. And I just couldn't imagine not having that now. Like they say, hope is an anchor for your soul. Like that is absolutely true. And I know where my hope is found. And I think everything else, the gospel, um, the glory of God being revealed, all of that, that's in the Bible. I just think that it all comes out from that. That our, our sole purpose is to just know God and be known by him and everything else comes out of that. And that gets back to what you were saying about truth, you know, yeah. that anchor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I know what I want to say. I, I don't know if I'll be able to put it into words, um, but okay. So let me know if I'm not making sense because I'll try again. Um, but I feel like the meaning of life is like, you know, you talk about purpose, right? And I, you said, you know, the meaning of life, the purpose of life, that if there wasn't one. Um, but for me, I feel like the meaning of life, like, like my, the purpose of life is actually finding the meaning. Like, I, I feel like it's the change. It's like, you know, the, the journey, like you you grow and you experience new things and and you always have this question like, okay, why am I here for? Like what's my purpose? What I'm what am I destined to be and to do? And like and you always try to find the answer and it's it's changed and it's moving on and and I feel like that's the meaning in itself. Maybe you'll find a, a specific meaning for you but I feel like in general just I feel like from my point of view I feel like that in itself it, it it's what life is about like finding like I don't know um you know how Victor Frankl said that Ooh. right Victor Frankl, uh, Auschwitz oh, yeah. survivor, oh, yeah. right? He wrote that book, Man's Search for Meaning. It's, I feel like, I don't know if it makes sense. Like, I don't know if I expressed myself um, <laughs> properly. But yeah, I feel like, th at least that's what I tell myself. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe there's a better answer <laughs> on this. Um, but I feel like, personally, yeah, personally, I think that the meaning of life is the change and the journey that you have to go through while you live it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, what you just said reminded me of that book by Viktor Frankl because he was in Auschwitz and he said that, uh, you know, the whole point of being there was to wear you down. So you had no humanity basically, you know, I mean, he describes uh, them stripping everything. Um, but it was the people who inside had something deeper to live for, 
that knew that there was a meaning beyond themselves. You know, there was an existential reason for their existence um, that survived. And yeah, I think maybe that's why it made me sad when my friend, um, you know, shared that the other day, like there is none, like, it's just, you know, my own quest. And I, one of the things that I challenged her with, and I, you know, I like to challenge people with on this podcast is if there is a God, um, who is, who Jesus says he is right. The way, the truth and the life. Um, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, like that from the beginning he created. And at the end he's, he's already redeemed, but he's coming back like this story. And if what Katie said, what you said, Katie is true, like to, to know God. And it's so funny you said that because in, I think it's John 15, the night before Jesus dies, you know, he's in the garden praying and his words are recorded. Uh, as he's praying to the Father, saying, um, and this is eternal life, that they may know you and the one that you've sent. And that is, <laughs> maybe that's eternal, that's what life is about. And, and if it is, um, and what Lou, what you said is true, like our, our point is the meaning of life is to find the meaning of life, right? Like here's an opportunity right here. Is this is he really who he said he was? Um, and that's why I talk about finding something real in Jesus. Like I encourage people to find out for themselves about him. Um, because <laughs> like C.S. Lewis said, um, if Jesus isn't who he said he was, it's of no importance. If he is, it's of complete and total importance and it changes everything. And, um, and if there's a God that really wants to know us, and be known, um, man, that's kind of amazing. Um, and, it, and what you said, Katie, it brings tremendous hope, um, in our lives, you know? Um, but anyway, uh, because it's the last episode of the year, I get to share. My, and you know, what's great about this conversation. <laughs> Lou already knows all this stuff. Cause I tell her all the time, right, Lou? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you still have a smile on your face, and I'm pretty sure I could still convince you to come back on here. Yeah, so. probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, well, let's ask the final question here. The Finding Something Real podcast is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. Four gifts that I believe can be found um, with Jesus in a way that can't be found elsewhere. If that's true, and I know we have different viewpoints here, but that Jesus offers restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love, which of those is most compelling to you at this point in your life and why? Personally, I think you asked me this question, like, this is the third time, and yes. I changed, like, the first two times, I changed the answer. The first time, it's been like yeah, eight months yeah. since the last the time I asked time, you this question. The first time, uh, the answer I gave, I don't think, you, you, I think you changed um, because I said redemption. I did. Um, she's very smart. In case you haven't noticed, Lou, something I didn't share about Lou is that she's very, very smart. <laughs> she remembers everything. Okay. The first time I said redemption, um, and I, I understand, like, I understand what I said it. And then the second time I said eternity, 
I understand this. I'm like, and honestly, I feel like maybe, maybe the journey is, is, is appealing still. Um, we talked about um, how it would be great to just continue being and seeing what, what's happening on Earth even after death. And like how that, that's honestly one of the things that makes me most anxious about death in general like not being able to like see what else people do um so and i still feel that way so maybe <laughs> eternity eternity is still appealing um but also okay i don't know if this is too like basic <laughs> but but like um also love but love meaning um like you know that sense of belonging you know somewhere mm. with someone and just feeling loved and being able to love other people back at this point um in life i feel like i feel like i'm experiencing that in a whole new different way um i'm meeting new people i'm finding you know i'm trying new things i'm trying to find my people um and sometimes you know when you just think about life and what you want and you know there's things that make you sad and things that make you happy and all of that um i feel like that's really something that I feel a deep need of the sense of belonging and the sense of being loved and loving and the same time. That unconditional acceptance. Yeah. yeah. Not, yeah, not, yeah, love, yeah, in general. Yeah. In all mm-hmm. these different ways. Yeah. Yeah. So both of okay. those are good ones. But I'll settle with love today so that I can change it up again. You know? <laughs> See, you will come on again. It's, it's foreshadowed. <laughs> Knock on wood. <laughs> uh, how about you, Katie? Um, interesting question. I think redemption is the, um, the how. And eternity is the, the when and where. And love is the why. But I think the thing that resonates the most with me right now, um, and I know I'm thinking like on a grand scale and not just on a personal, like day-to-day who I'm seeing, but uh, if I break it down to that, it's definitely authenticity because I'm, because of my season of life that I'm in, you know, just having, and probably like very similar to what you're saying, Lou, just like having to meet new people and wanting to find connection and, like, I want it to be authentic connection. And like, they really go hand in hand because you can't develop love with someone without authenticity and authenticity and vulnerability really go together. And I think that's such a highly valued, beautiful thing that no one wants to do, <laughs> you know? So that's that's what I, that's what resonates with me, authenticity. Wow. That's why we're such good friends, you know, Janelle. <laughs> 
I've asked that question for two years, and I've never had anyone uh, break it down oh. like that. But you're so right. Now, what would the authenticity be? So the restoration, I did take redemption <laughs> and, and changed it to restoration because it was redemption or restoration. Kind of the same. I figured restoration was the, yeah, kind of the same and easier to explain. So restoration is the how. Eternity is where. When and right? where. You, you uh, could say when and where. When and where. We don't understand where. it. So, <laughs> love is why, why. Yeah. and authenticity. I think is... authenticity is the key to leading people into the other three things. Like you can't have a relationship with somebody, a really loving relationship, without authenticity. But I think also mm-hmm. just thinking like biblically, or like if you're thinking about the gospel, like no one's attracted to the gospel unless they're either like totally driven by the Holy spirit, or, um, it's just the authenticity of someone's life and the way that they build relationship. But I personally am just craving that, you know, I just, I want, I want mm-hmm. to have authenticity. I feel like that's what I had in Washington that I miss, you know, I, I miss my friends and my people because that's one of the very few times in my life I've experienced so much authentic connection. And so now that I know that mm-hmm. it's possible, <laughs> I want more of it. And I think I want that for myself. That's always something that's driven me. I'm not very good at connecting with people emotionally. Um, and I I think authenticity is something I've learned to value that I hate doing, um, like the vulnerable <laughs> side. She's cried in front of yeah. me. She's See, crying. that's rare. You might be one of like two people that's happened with, so, <laughs> besides my husband. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I love you, and I know what a great friend you are, and I know you're going to make some great friends there. And I'm jealous that they get to have you all the time. Um, But anyway, uh, man, both of you, I'm so thankful for both of you. I'm thankful for this conversation. I knew it was going to be rich. It totally was. Um, And I just, um, yeah, just full of gratitude and thankful for the coming year. So uh, thank you, Lou. Thank you, Katie. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This season, we are inviting co-hosts to join me to share their personal stories and to ask their honest questions about the Christian faith. Each month, we hope to feature a different co-host and together invite guests on to share from their own faith journeys and experiences. Friend, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever and I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is still in the restoration eternity authenticity and love business I know not everyone has experienced that but if you're curious at all about what's so great about Jesus I hope you come back next week as we continue on a journey towards finding something real in relationship with him until next time